Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back to No Small Questions. Uh, that's right, we are back, baby, with episode nine. I am superfan Sam Oakes, your resident question master. Uh, and it's been a bit of time since I was last in this seat. However, to reward my patience, I have been gifted with not one, not two, but three wonderful cast members in the hot seats tonight. Uh, so let's introduce Ooh. them, shall we? First up, we have uh, a true friend to all. Whether it be his own party members, an elemental, or a shambling mound, <laughs> this artificer has got your back. Uh, it is, of course, Orin Quill, played by Sir Ben Galpin. Hello. I think it's, I'm aiming for your back, I think. It's... <laughs> Watch your back. It's Orin Quill. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, also, that was a better joke. <laughs> uh, tagging along for this ride is our butt kicking, soon to hopefully be Wolfan wielding damsel in a dress. Uh, it's Gwendolyn Rose, or as we know her, the glorious Grace Kelly Miller. It me, glorious, <laughs> <laughs> amazing vision of you like floating down in that dress in the last episode. Oh yay! Oh, down the water. I had like Princess Peach vibes. It was so good. <laughs> And finally, uh, if you take a risk with this dungeon master, he'll waste no time in codifying you into his personal database. It's the man with a plan, DM David Knight. Hi. Welcome, guys. How are you all doing? Good. Yeah. All the better to be here. It's 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 been some time, hasn't it? I've, I've missed all second. your faces in this and finding out more about the podcast. We did find out quite a lot when um, Superfan Hannah was in the hot seat we found out yeah a, a lot of extra little details i'm i'm hoping for some little nuggets of information that haven't been brought forward on the show tonight uh but we will get to that uh, as always we have some of our glorious patrons in the chat with us tonight ready to ask their questions live uh and some real interesting ones lined up from our friends over on the discord chat uh but as always before we begin i must stress that a lot of these questions include spoilers uh for all episodes up to and including episode 43 uh, so if you haven't caught up yet, I recommend you go do that now, and we'll catch up with you later. Bye. Okay. 
Cool. I mean, we've already spoiled there's a waterfall in one of the episodes. That's already ruined. <laughs> All that being said, let's crack on with some questions and spill some Twain Tide. Everybody ready to jump in? Yeah. Jump in right off the waterfall. <laughs> that doesn't exist if you doesn't haven't exist. listened to the waterfall. <laughs> I mean, they've all gone back to listen to the episode, so it's fine. Exactly. They, they Everybody's up to date at this now. point. Hi, welcome Fantastic. back. Okay. Well done. Uh, <laughs> the waterfall's been codified bad news. No! <laughs> it's now a sentient waterfall. Oh, God. <laughs> Did the waterfall ever really exist? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, anyway. you're the DM. Am I? No, wait, I know I am. I am, I am. No. Shut up, David. <laughs> I hope you are, because there are some questions aimed at the DM for later, <laughs> so if you're not here, it's going to be a bit awkward. But we'll start off with Grace and Ben, as this is a question from Stuart Townend. I'd like to ask if the actors have a certain type of character they like to play, and if so, what is it? I think I like to play charismatic characters. Mm. Uh, that's something I'm realising, like... If usually that's my main place I want to put all my, like, when I'm building a character, I'm like, mm, let's put it all into charisma. Uh, and I don't know why that is. No possible, can't fathom it. Don't know. <laughs> as, as the least charismatic person, Grace, yeah. it's, yeah, it's hard that. to say. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I think that, I think that's the easy, like, that's the most common thing between all my characters. So do you, do you like look at characters that then would work well with charisma based? Like, is that, how it works you're like oh now i'm gonna pick this class because charisma would feed into their abilities a little bit no because i mean monk not normally a very charismatic <laughs> class no i just go this is what i want to play and oh i want them to be charismatic because it's easier for me to role play <laughs> 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 then i get to talk a lot that's usually it i think uh yeah i and i do i i keep on wanting to like keep on thinking of characters and then going that's a bit similar to Gwendolyn so I think obviously I quite like Gwendolyn um I need to give myself a bit more uh um what's the word don't know I don't know I don't know <laughs> I think our brains are just you switching don't on know, no one knows. I don't know, I know. who knows no I think um yes I, maybe quiet. I need to read yeah. more and get more uh, ideas of different characters. But like each time I'm thinking of a backstory at the moment, I'm just like, oh, spurned by a lover. And like, oh, come on, Grace. Think <laughs> yeah. of some better ideas. Gah. Well, you can do it by more tragic. I mean, everybody has an archetype, right? So yeah. maybe yours is just spurned by lover, but it's like, I'm a fighter that was spurned by a lover and now I'm off to kill him. And <laughs> yeah. I'm a charismatic fighter who's <laughs> spurned yeah, by a lover. Exactly. I've got no strength. I'm, I'm a charismatic charming. barbarian who was spurned by a lover. <laughs> Actually, uh, not a spoiler, but yeah, I suppose my um, when we eventually hear the woe denial one shot actually that character's not massively charismatic at all is she? oh this is true no. No. it's true yeah oh teaser teasing <laughs> oh i'm really nervous about hearing that back but <laughs> how about you ben yeah i think i think i've historically played more charismatic characters i think orin was a bit of a departure from that like charisma is not his thing i think if i have an archetype i think it's i think i'm often playing quite like naive like uh reasonably sort of fresh-faced like i don't quite know what's going on <laughs> uh kind of characters i think is probably the archetype i lean into and uh 
Uh, to to spoil another of our one shots coming up when you hear Candlekeep next month, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> there might be some crossover in that department. I feel <laughs> um, <laughs> there's some definite there's some definite uh, yeah overlap there. I think. Um, but yes, I think usually naive, charismatic would be my would be my my thing. Do you, I mean, do you often go for like you know? I, I just kind of I want to touch it kind of characters like um you know chaotic oh, good yeah. kind of alignment. Yeah, chaotic good definitely. I find it hard to play anything that isn't chaotic good. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think that is just what I like doing. Yes, like generally trying to do the right thing, but as you say, oh, there's a big button. Let's press it. Um, like. Oh, let's just chuck that bottle into the thing and see if it explodes. Why not? Um, <laughs> Although right. I have to say, uh, so this this is a reference to a game that we've played before, and I think you were a chaotic good character in that. But what was really yes. interesting is how good you were at playing. Uh, we had the the deck of many things, and <gasps> yeah. you pulled a card from that, which was a, a complete switch of your alignment. So Ben was then playing a lawful evil character for. Yeah the rest of that session and like a little bit of the next one as well and you you really lent into that there was a lot of kind of murder planning going on (laughs) yeah he became fully emo fully just like just really moody um yeah wanted yeah i think wanted to kill everyone yeah 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 or sabotage murders yeah 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 and then died (laughs) (laughs) i think is that when you yeah you fell down a big pit yeah yeah endless pit yeah. yeah, it was the one with this, uh, David yeah. came up with this, another kind of glorious trial of just how, how much are you willing to go through, uh, to get to your goal? There was like a staircase that got each step was like longer and longer. Like it started yeah. off as yes. like an hour. And then by the end of it, it was like 36 years to do one yeah. step. Yeah, yeah. And all that time, Ben's character was trying to murder people. Uh, yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought you played lawful evil pretty well. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do different stuff as well. It's fun to do stuff out of um, the box. And I mean, if, you know, when, who knows, we ever get to like season two and we get to play like a whole new set of characters. Um, Evil campaign. It will be, it would be fun. Campaign two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm making up some stuff. It doesn't exist. Um, but let's, let's get to the end of campaign one something. first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Um, it would be fun to play something completely different outside of D and D. Like, uh, do you two find that those are the the characters that you end up playing in like other acting jobs? Yeah, I think actually, yes. Yeah, sometimes I think that could probably describe my character in Dragons and Mythical Beasts, um, <laughs> which I'm touring with at the moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could probably describe him fairly well. Mm. He's definitely chaotic, good, and he's definitely naive, and he's. Um, yeah, it ticks a lot of those boxes. And I think my character in Hunting of the Snark as well is probably similar. But then I also play evil a fair bit sometimes. I used to play that quite a bit. We're versatile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, because Grace, you end up playing a lot of like multi-role type things, at least in all the productions I've worked with you. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a mix. I definitely like, I do like playing like naive characters as well and mm. charismatic characters. But yeah, just like getting work basically um, <laughs> any role that's on offer you will ro- play. yeah like look if i can play it i'll play it i'll find a way to play it yeah 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 amazing I, I mean this this question can 
be opened up to David, but Stuart Tannen has asked another question mm-hmm. specifically for David. Uh, so, David, are there any specific genres of music uh, that you prefer composing? Uh, and he also says thanks and keep up the good work. Oh, oh, thank you, thanks, Stuart. Um, oh, I don't know if there's specific types. I feel like I am naturally more inclined to write semi-classical orchestral music basically the kind of thing that that no small roles has in constantly just because that's like naturally where i'm like i'll just chuck in some strings and some trombones and some beefy chords yeah love love it but i don't know if i yeah if i have a favorite genre of music that i necessarily like writing i'm a big fan of musical theater so any kind of like storytelling through melody um and song is is like I love that. Um, so yeah, as as the more emotional a, pe- a piece of music can sound, when I say emotional, it doesn't have to be like you know love or like like sadness. I like literally, it could be like a nice happy piece of music. But as long as you're catching that through like the melody, I I, I don't know. I really latch on to those kinds of things. So yeah, I find I like I do write a lot in minor keys. So that's fun. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that it sounds sad, but I end up in a lot of minor keys in what I'm writing. I mean, there was a there was actually a moment in the most recent episode where you kind of put in some like deep emotional music. I think I think it was when Gwendolyn was swimming, and there was a moment where it was like, oh, in 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 six seconds or something, you've got to get to the top, and you put in like heavy, dramatic, yeah. she's going to die music, only for it to be, oh, she's flown up, she's great, yeah. she's fine, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those kinds of things of like heightening the stress through music or or like yeah like heightening whatever emotion that is currently like happening in the performance like that's that's the best thing about music that's what i love and that those are the moments that i love writing as well sometimes the fights can go on a little while um <laughs> but at the same time it's like trying to find trying to find like all of the emotion in that and that's fun so yeah again i have not i've kind of talked around the question that's not really necessarily the genre that i like writing but um, <laughs> i like i like things that are very melodically driven so yeah like whether or not that's a like a folksy piece of music whether or not that's a song or or like like a more orchestral thing but like melody is really where i i love like picking out the the music a lot more thank you very much uh Stuart, i hope that answers your question it kind of doesn't stew and i'm sorry but... <laughs> <laughs> answer the question well i liked the response dubstep anyway. dubstep sorry <laughs> I changed, uh, every, ignore everything i said dubstep i love writing dubstep <laughs> episode 44 onwards uh, <laughs> we got a, a new arc, change new up. musical yeah, style exactly. yeah. okay uh the next question uh is from pippa who is with us in the zoom so uh, Pippa, if you're ready, over to you. Hi, Ben. My question to you is, if you could have any one of Orin's inventions to carry with you and use in real life, which one would you choose and why? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, that's so good. Oh, one of his inventions. Oh, the goggles are handy because I feel like the goggles do a lot of different things. Like in, in worlds, the goggles do a lot of different spells. <laughs> um, and dark vision and, uh, uh, detecting magic and all sorts. But mechanical bees. I, th- mechanical bees is deeply tempting. <laughs> Sticky tape of mending is deeply tempting. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Just being able to fix everything with a bit of sticky tape that just magically seals everything. But I think it's the bees. 
I think it's the bees. Oh, no, hang on. No, no. It's a teapot goose that just <laughs> followed me around to brew tea. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Aggie. Uh, it's Aggie. Yeah. 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 Could save the world through medical invention, but actually just portable tea uh, on demand. And a friend. Yeah. And a friend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A little warm friend. Because what she could probably also do is because she's warm, she could just curl up in your bed, like by your feet, mm. if you're cold and you're out camping at night. Oh. Like, she'd be like a little hot rock. Oh. Okay, that's adorable. Yeah. And she can fly. Cute. Amazing. Thank you so much for your question, Pippa. Okay, we'll come back to you a bit later. Uh, but now I will ask a question for you all. Uh, this is from Mike Ooh. C, uh, who's asked this through the Discord. How are you finding the new schedule? Uh, will you be recording some in-person sessions going forwards? No. No. <laughs> is that no to how you're finding the new schedule? No. no. Um, well, it, there's no plans at the moment to record in-person games, purely because we haven't worked out the tech for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, like we, the way we've, we're set up, we've got microphones that can work when we're in a room by ourselves, but actually all being in the same room it would just be a whole new kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. Peek behind the curtain. Sometimes we have had two people in a room together. This has happened, but... But that's kind of our limit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think you need to have a sit down with Pippa, really, because uh, she knows a lot about that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, she's shaking her head. Don't. <laughs> it also <laughs> kind on, of means, like, when we're editing, like, you can't have as much control over things because you've got bits of other per- people's voices like, because if you're all in the same room, so... And mm-hmm. as editors, we do like control. We do like... <laughs> we like a lot of control. <laughs> there is actually a seventh cast member who we've just constantly cut. <laughs> <laughs> but we want we want to make the listening experience as, as good as we can for everybody. So we want to make it as slick and as smooth. So, yeah, having that control really helps. Mm-hmm. And new schedule. I mean, it's helping us to kind of just make sure we're getting stuff out because we have all been... So very busy, haven't we? Doing awesome work. Doing all of the brilliant work. Mm. Everyone everyone is is delightfully busy, but it does make finding time when six of us are all available at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Very tricky. It's a challenge. It's a fun challenge. Actually, I just want to ask kind of like on the end of this, uh, do you think that if there hadn't been a pandemic, there hadn't been COVID and all of that at the beginning, and you were still talking about doing a podcast, do you reckon you would have worked out how to record all in person first, or would you have recorded it through Zoom? It's hypothetical, I know, but um, mm. I'm just interested. It's a good question. I suppose I think, we would have done it in person, wouldn't we? I think we'd have figured it out in person, mm. I yeah. think. I, I think partly it's just, it's partly a technological thing. We all went off and bought, like, here's, okay, so this is my tech key coming out. We all went off and bought USB mics. They're condenser USB mics that pretty much everyone has, which are great for individual use, but are terrible if you get six of them in a room together. They would just sound awful. And also you can't plug them all into one computer. It just doesn't physically work. (laughs) So yeah, I think we'd have probably ended up with different kit and done it in a different way. I don't know. But I'm guessing they wouldn't have been as regular as well. Wouldn't have been as regular to meet up. We probably wouldn't have got round to it. Oh. <laughs> We'd probably be talking about it still at the moment. Yeah, so okay, this is something we still really want to do. We should do that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those silver linings of a pandemic. We've got to, got to look yeah. for those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, this question is actually similar in a way. Uh, this is from TM at Dangerblade, who's asked you all, uh, any plans when schedules allow for possible live shows? Uh, so maybe not in a recorded variety, but 
being in the same room with a bunch of us. What do you reckon? I'd love to do some live shows. I think it is a little bit down the line. Just again, most of the cast are incredibly hireable actors. And anybody (laughs) listening, you should definitely check out their work and hire them. Um, So that's the thing. It's basically trying to find time that everybody can... Again, it's in the same kind of scheduling thing. Like if we we Mm. realise that we've got a bunch of time in which we can... I don't know, head up to Edinburgh and like put on a little show up there during the festival or whatever. I mean, that wouldn't happen. We do Shakespeare every summer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if there were an opportunity like that, yeah, I'm sure we'd definitely go for it. But yeah, it's just scheduling. So everybody is being offered all of the jobs all over the place. Like so Ben's on tour at the moment. Um, Vicky and Daryl, um, as we record this tonight, are, are, are having their last it's night. Their final um, show, isn't it? And as you <sighs> like it, um, Grace has just started rehearsal for another show. Yeah, at the Vaults. Uh, so if anybody's Ooh. based in London and want to come see me in a show at the Vaults, running from October to January. Me, me, uh, me. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> come see me in Moulin Rouge. So it's a mashup <laughs> of Moulin <laughs> oh, okay. and Moulin Rouge. <laughs> it's going to be camp uh, and fabulous. That sounds. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, please. So, yeah, whilst everybody is busy doing other acting, it's just nice to grab everybody for a Zoom recording and just play yeah. some D&D with them, you know? Yeah. But it would be lovely to do a live one one day, lovely. even if, as you yeah. say, if it's not a recorded one necessarily, even if it's just, just for the people shot in the room or something. something. Yeah. yeah. One shot, like, would be delightful. I'd be really up for that. There's some good podcast festivals in London. Mm. If any of them want to invite us along. Like... <laughs> Invite them. This is your calling. Uh, okay. uh, let's move on with a question for David. Uh, this is from Ross Meikle. A very MCU animated series question. What if any of the other four were to have been voted for instead of Enkidu at the end of episode 39? Uh, so yeah, this is the advancement test, isn't it? Yeah, the advancement test. So basically, for that scenario, I calculated how many questions there could be um and like the amount of space they would need and then even as um i'm not sure if i mentioned it in the episode even as like everyone was doing it and like figuring out how they could like save everyone um i didn't keep a track of how well everyone was doing or like whether or not like you know the math everybody was keeping track of how much space they had in their own tubes um and in my plan from that point I was like, I know I'm going to force one of them if they figure it out and keep everyone safe. I know I'm going to force one of them to be zapped, to be codified. But I had no idea who would be voted. And like, for instance, Ben was, um, I believe you tried like gaming the system by voting for Gaius. Guy, is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. you thought, well, he's a wing throw up, they'll never zap him. Yeah. And so I, not wanting to like guess whether or not they would just answer the question or try and game the system in any way i had to come up with five different plans wow i came up with five different plans about what would happen mm. immediately afterwards what would happen to the individual character and then a rough plan of where the storyline would go from then on so it was five different directions that the entire campaign could have gone whoa uh, yeah. okay so uh what would you have done with Oren? I'm not going to tell any of the answers to what would have happened. What about guys? What about <laughs> any of the other people? Aggie. I, I tell you what. Once, once um, all of their characters are dead, uh, we have <laughs> to end the campaign. <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll show everybody my notes for that section. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am desperate. That's yeah. like an yeah. end of campaign 
proper like, like what would exactly. have happened. Nice. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it would have each answer would have sent the entire campaign in in a different direction, wow. like literally a different direction. So we've ended up with Enkidu. Um, so they've been they've been sent south to to resolve like that storyline. So yeah, this was always going to be a story changing event. Moment. Then. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I there's four that. different parallel universes yeah. out there. Yeah, there's different versions of you, They right? happened. Yeah. There's a there's a version of events where yeah, it's um it's Orin that gets voted, or it's it's Gwendolyn that gets voted, and they have to deal with a completely different scenario following that. Gosh, but they would have all have yeah. died. Was that yeah? Was there an option where it happened to all of them, or was that just not? A possible. Yep. Oh I, wow! I did have a like a break glass in cl- in case of TPK moment. <laughs> as like, what would have happened? I'm not sure we could have TPK'd ourselves, could we? We probably could have killed like three people in one or something. Three or maybe. four, yeah. Like, and especially yeah. if you hadn't calculated anything. Yeah. Um, like There's early just guy on. in a chamber. Like, what <laughs> yeah. have I done? What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there were there were alternatives in case it went bad for multiple people. Yeah. Guy did leap in really early on one of them. I remember we were like halfway through discussing and then Guy's like, right, okay. And then we're just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, he does that, doesn't he? Jumping mm-hmm. in the Yeah. <laughs> I say Guy, do I mean Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to ask, so this is another one for David, but it links onto this. It's uh, from Tiana. Uh, oh. He's asked, did you always have this plan of one of your characters being turned into a bot? Or was it more as the story went on, you had a light bulb moment, or Daryl's idea, or a bit of both? Uh, we kind of answered that a little bit, but yeah, how, how early on did you have so, this idea for murdering one of them? Yeah, <laughs> in trying to decide, um, what's really nice is that because like most of the answers for the Wingthrop stuff has come out now, I could just kind of talk about it. Mm. <laughs> so be, like all of that decision of like turning one of the player characters into, into a, a golem, essentially came at the same time that I decided that that's what the Wingthrops were doing. Um, so in planning out like what the Wingthrops plan was and, you know, their replacement of their highest ranking family members with, with decoys, at that point I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if I could basically force the players into like accidentally converting one of their own. Because uh, then it's sort of like... <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Because you know I mean? then, like, wouldn't <laughs> that be great? Well, just mostly because something that then didn't happen in the story, um, it would have caused a bigger moral question for them, which, you know, I'm not going to say what that is. Like something didn't happen. So they, the, that moral question hasn't been asked. There have been plenty of other moral questions that have been linked in. Um, <laughs> we're sponsored by LinkedIn today. But. We're sponsored by LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, no, different company. Um, but <laughs> just ask Jeeves. Just ask Jeeves. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was in that early sort of arc planning of like, what are the secrets of the Wingthrops? It's it's partly this, and the big question with a lot of like campaign planning and like storyline planning is, is, for me at least, is like how to get the players invested in the outcomes of the story. Um, so for obviously for the Wingthrop, the introduction was there is a young girl who whose parents have maybe changed, but she's by herself. So there's that like maternal paternal like care for the child situation. <laughs> but then like once they've delivered they delivered Myra to a safe place, it was like, well, how do you keep them still invested in this storyline? And then how do you keep them invested in the repercussions of the storyline? And hmm. so that was part of like, oh well, if one of them has been turned into a, a robot, well then like their own existence has become dependent upon 
the story. Like there's a there's a big obvious change and an effect from the storyline itself. I'm sorry, I have to ask, was it inevitable? Because I, I have wondered mm. like whether it was the choice that of them taking the advancement test and it's mm. you know the whole yeah. curiosity killed Enkidu kind of thing. Yeah. Um because we could have walked away from that test. Yeah, 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 yeah. but I was wondering, you know, Kogian was still there, so is it like they're keeping everyone in-house until they can codify them? Um, yeah, that, that that's basically my question here, is were, was there a way out of that? Yeah. Or was like it something the, um, that you always knew was going to happen as soon as they ended up in the Wingthrop facility? No, so it was it was only if they took the advancement test. Wow. <laughs> I knew it! Uh, yeah. Like it was basically, it was one. Of, it's like it's the cost of learning more. Like yeah. if they wanted, like if everybody wanted to take that step and get closer to the answers, which they knew were just beyond that test. Like the cost of it was was that was turning somebody into a robot. Oh, it's so funny because I mean, Pippa would back me up here. Hannah, Pippa, and I have just been screaming. Uh, you know, <laughs> either whether it be on Superfan chats or on our like mini uh, messenger group about like would you take that test no i wouldn't take that test would you take that? <laughs> you knew it I mean, was going to be yeah. bad once once they were through that first test they were free to walk away like completely they were literally handed a map that or they had the little guidebooks from the from their rooms <laughs> that showed them the exits and if they'd just gone to the exit nobody would have stopped them because they yeah they wouldn't necessarily have learned a lot they would have learned that the wingthrops had a workshop and they they tested people and they had wands. They were making wands and had a medical facility. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have found what was going on. Wouldn't have, yeah, found out the secrets, but were, would have been free to to leave for safety. Okay, that's that's mad, but I do feel a, a, like, I feel better knowing that in some ways yeah. that I can have some kind of like superiority. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that question is well and truly answered. So we have another question from Pippa. Uh, Pippa, are you still around? I'm still around. Over to you. Hi, Grace. Hiya. My question for you is, how do you think the relationship dynamic between Gwen Kidu will change going forwards, given everything that's happened in the Wung Thrup workshop? Mm. I certainly think, like, the first, like, kind of change goes all the way back to the um, to the maze uh, with everything with the animals and seeing his reaction to that. And I think that was the first time that she really kind of saw the more vulnerable side of Enkidu. And I think since then she has been kind of a bit more like, maybe has a bit more respect for him. Like she does have respect for him anyway, even if he pisses her off. Um, <laughs> but like she, I think that was where she kind of like thought, oh, wow, he, he's, you know, he's got a heart. He's, he's somebody who cares. And so I think there's definitely, I think she's definitely starting to soften towards him. Um, and then obviously with everything that has happened to him since, I think she's feeling a lot of guilt. I think she, um, like that that's happened to him. That's something that he's not had any control. She was like, she was pretty upset with when she thought he was dead. So I think she's, I'm, I'm really interested to see how their relationship develops now whether i don't know whether she's going to be a little less stubborn with him and vice versa but they're still probably quite stubborn at heart <laughs> when it comes to each other at least and how does she feel now about him in his uh, like skin tight studded leather 
Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. arseless chaps, right? With yeah. the chaps. <laughs> I really want to see some pictures of that. Um, or draw some myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm imagining, like, you know, the Black Panther suit with assless chaps uh, is kind of the way I saw it in my head when you described it. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's, 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 it, I, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think she's more interested to see how he gets on as, like, a human, if he is a human whatever he is i think there's she's glad he's back with them but i still don't think she fully trusts what he is necessarily because she doesn't think he's got full control over himself and that's the scary thing yeah um but yeah so i skirted around you asking whether gwendolyn thinks he's hot or not soz (laughs) (laughs) uh pippa do you want to ask your other question as well uh, I sure can. My last question is for David. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, David. Hi. <laughs> uh, my question to you. Hi. My question to you is: What would have been waiting for the party at the WCI? And were you disappointed or relieved that they chose to follow the river onwards instead of disembarking there? Oh, so hilariously, my plan for the WCI was they bump into ferrocene and she sneaks them out <laughs> or she helps sneak them out. So it was a very easy route out, but obviously it's like the threat, right? They could have found out a little bit more. Um, some of the stuff that ferrocene told them um, in their like kitchen table conversation about some of the soldiers they could have discovered for themselves, um, like sort of moving through those, those rooms. They could have seen some of that themselves with a bit more like sort of solidified detail as well. But to be honest, I quite enjoyed the fact that they decided not to go that route. And I was like, all right, you can carry on. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, the river leads to the lake. Great. And I was like, yeah, but it's an underground river. And, you know, you've got to get (laughs) from the bottom of a lake. (laughs) So waterfalls and like swimming challenges, like all of that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah, it was basically the difference between loads of like more physical challenges and overcoming like natural obstacles versus sneaking through a sort of a, a a populated space either way it would it would have been loads of skill challenges but yeah no i'm quite happy that they decided to stick in the boat throw them over a waterfall <laughs> i'd love it if you were just like ah, oh, i'm gonna reward these guys for uh you know all the hard work that they've been through both the parents were waiting on the side like myra's parents as well <laughs> orin's backstory was just waiting there on the bank <laughs> oh yeah, you skipped yeah. it okay you can have a waterfall instead. yeah yeah gwendolyn's mother just strolls out like hello <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god can you imagine i'm so proud of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that would have been fun but no that's yeah basically would have just been ferrocene and and some sneaky sneaks Great question. Okay, uh, let's have... Uh, so this is a question from Karen. Uh, it's for all of you. There was much mention... <laughs> there was much mention of Oxbow Lakes in the last <laughs> few episodes. Um, apart from GCSE geography, what other school subjects have helped you out on your journey? Great question. <laughs> Brilliant Great question. question. I'm so glad we've got Oxbow Lakes into no small questions as well. You just I you remember it. from GCSE geography. I don't yeah. remember any of the other stuff apart from there was something about curiosity. Cory Lakes. Yeah, yeah. But Oxbow Lakes, oh where just chisels away and ch- <laughs> Um I think the various science subjects have been useful for me for mm. for Orin. I mean chemistry obviously, as I think I've mentioned before, I did a chemistry degree too as well. Um <laughs> But did definitely you, did you? Yeah, 
yeah. Was it all physics? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> um, but design technology, I feel like that might have come in there somewhere. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bit of art when I try and do my terrible fan art. <laughs> <laughs> None of it's terrible. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, music has helped me a lot. My music... Uh, <laughs> my music studies. Yeah, that... that yeah. I feel like I can apply that a lot to the to the production of this show. I suppose you you must have done a bit of storytelling as well, like in how to craft and uh, tell a story. Do you ever do creative writing or anything like that? No, I've not actually. Hmm. I did um, an introduction to screenwriting at uni as a module, but it was actually more about how to pitch a a script than it was how to write a script <laughs> all right <laughs> so if you want me to He's... boil something down into 25 exciting words wow i probably okay. can't uh-huh. but that's what you have to do apparently I was gonna say pitch this in 25 words in 20... <laughs> next more questions everybody we're still working out <laughs> how to try and pitch the podcast half the time <laughs> if anybody wants to tell us how you describe the podcast to help us like you know get more listeners then please do yeah, tell us wonderful yeah yeah what did i come up with the other day conspiracies comedy and cups of tea so, oh oh yeah who said that it's not bad it's great. Uh, something i put on twitter oh, oh did you i did well done david thanks <laughs> i was proud of that yeah <laughs> Great description. Grace, how about you? Have you got anything that kind of that you studied that has landed into mm. the way that you play Gwendolyn or how you play D and D? I mean I suppose, you know, obviously drama helped. Um with the yeah. old acting bit. Uh music. I didn't do music GCSE actually. That's one of my greatest regrets of life. Oh. I chose to do uh art GCSE. Boo. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Shame. What's the point of art? I know. I Why did I do it? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I love art, but I I was better at music and I, for some reason, chose art. I don't know. Silly me. It's for the enjoyment, right? I'm just going to apologise to Karen. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to important. all our amazing artists. But see, that, that, that those are all do the amazing artists art. that should have been doing it um, or who did do it. I, I shouldn't have done it. But there we go. Um, but, but yeah, uh, those, those subjects. <laughs> Maths. What, what I just said, those ones. And, uh, oh no, actually no, English literature, because I do like to draw a lot of my, um, ah. like starting points for characters from like literary characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we talked about in one of the, one or two of the picnic photos, you just look like you've walked straight out of a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that might just be you. I, just, uh, as I well. think it might just be me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've tried many times to look modern or current and that doesn't seem to fit. As soon as you put me in like some sort of period costume, it's like, yeah, that looks right. But <laughs> whenever I'm trying to be modern, it's just like, just look like an old woman. That's true, actually, because you've got the, you did the horse riding course recently, didn't you? I did. And you look fantastic. You look so Thank good you. for the horse. <laughs> I'm wearing like this wonderful, like medieval uh, dress. I'm sure I'll post it on the uh, Instagram or something if anybody yeah. wants to see it. Um, sat on a horse, uh, feeling really cool. So maybe I'll base a character on that look or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring back Bessie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we Aww. miss Bessie. <laughs> Bessie. I like that question. Um, it was cool. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, it's a really good question. Cheers, Karen. <laughs> okay. Everyone's questions are for... awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. the best one. Other questions are available. <laughs> just, it, was just a, it was just a bit of an off-the-wall one. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like that one. 
Uh, next, we have a question. Uh, this is another one from Tiamat. Uh, this one is for Grace and Ben. And it's, I always do this. And then at the start of the question, it says, for the lovely Grace and Hero Ben. Like, <laughs> I should just read the question. Uh, how do you think the party is with Enkidu? And do you think there are any changes in the party's feelings towards him? Do you have any worries that there could be pre-programming that kicks in to ensure Enkidu's survival? Uh, even if it means another member of the party dies. Ooh. I mean, it's, it's, I hadn't thought much about that, but it's a very relevant question. Um, yeah, how are the, what's the general vibe of the party? How are you all feeling about Enkidu? Mm. We kind of got a little bit from Grace mm. before. So Ben, let's start, let's start with you. I think there's a lot for us to try and take in. Like we're only just getting used to like what on earth it is he's now become. The fact that he doesn't seem to sleep on that boat, like, doesn't seem to need to eat, like, there's an awful lot to try and figure out with him now. Um, I feel like it's sort of, I think it feels to Orin at the moment, like, there's, it does feel like quite a lot of, like, Enkidu is, is still there. Like, mm. when that third, second, whatever version of it was, Enkidu finally turned up that was, quote unquote, the real Enkidu again. Like, it felt real, I think. So I think Orin's sort of feeling like, okay, he's there. But in terms of like worries about pre-programming kicking in, yeah, definite concerns. <laughs> like, is there a connection back to Erida? Um, has Erida installed like a kill switch in him? Um, uh, is there some deep inappropriate? He seems very insistent on what he needs to do and where he's going. And also the fact that he can't seem to tell us stuff. There's a lot of programming in that. That is of concern. Yeah, I mean, I got I got the sense that he was actually like, or I got the sense from Daryl anyway that he seemed quite sad about the fact that he's not able to do these things. Like, you know, he doesn't mm. open up mm. about that emotion, but just the kind of the way that he was talking about the food and like, you know, playing with it on his plate. And the one that got me was um like the first thing he says to Myra when she was talking about like being codified yeah. was like, "Aren't you worried that you can never have children?" And there's a moment that Daryl puts like where he kind of says he like looks at Myra and then looks away. And I think I'm like kind of like, oh, I think like Enkidu wanted kids. And I think it's like, uh, yeah, I th- like that's one of the my observ- main observations. I think that's probably the biggest thing for Enkidu mm. um, over the food is like that. And that's a big yeah. thing to have taken away from you. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I didn't think about that. There's a a loss of control, isn't there, for him, I mm. think, moving forward, because Mm. it does, you know, feel like Erida has either left programming in there or, who knows, has the potential to reach in and just sort of go, boop, and start messing with the programming again. That there's a loss of, yeah, there's a big loss of control for for Enkidu. And he's backed up as well. Yeah. Like, don't worry about your body. We've got you backed up, as it were. Erida says to him. Yeah. It's it's strange because he, he showed emotion. He's definitely shown anger and mm. confusion and sadness. Um, but in some ways he does seem quite numbed, you know, in the way that he's exploring things and the way that he's talked a lot of the time. But yeah. when when it comes to I don't know, you know, the the idea that there's a program in there that ensures his survival over yours. Mm. I don't know. I I still feel like Enkidu's morals kind of shine through him. Yeah, there's also the whole question with Enkidu, with all the the other voices inside him. Like, because we've seen that they can reach out and take control at times. Yeah. 
are they capable of reaching out and just overriding programming? Which voice is stronger? Yeah. Yeah. That is a question that I want to ask David. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find out when it happens. (laughs) Gosh. He only has one patron now and it's Erida. Okay. Uh, Another question for Grace and Ben. This one from Mike C. (laughs) This is very tight. Are any of you capable of killing Enkidu if you need to? Even with his shine in your armour. I mean, I'd probably just end up healing him by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. I was really happy that we'd already had our fight before uh, he got his upgrade, so to speak. Uh, (laughs) Our little sparring match. Mm. Yeah, you're gonna have to go for round two. I don't know if I changed. want to. I'm like, I think I'm just gonna be like, no, it's okay. I won the first one. No worry. Yeah. <laughs> no take back. Wait yeah. till you've got your fan, and then take him on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get. Where is it? Carry on. Grace is looking for something off mic. Um, this robot has a malfunctioning fan. No. This is oh, what yeah, Vicky got the, me for yeah, my secret goddess. secret goddess. It's a little metallic fan. It's adorable. So cute. And also, it's about the right size for the amazing Gwendolyn uh, toy that Hannah Clancy made. Check out Hannah Clancy Creations on Etsy. They're amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. We'll post pictures on Instagram. (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) Sorry, I'm now doing a puppet show. That's not doesn't that doesn't work for a podcast. So I, so with this this question, I'm wondering, mm. capable of killing Enkidu as in having yeah. the ability to, but also, would you go there? Like, Was if it you Guy that to? pushed the other Enkidu off the lift? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I think we've answered, I think Guy's answered that one for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he already has. Um, Enkidu, stay away from lifts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I think, oh goodness, I think Oren would really struggle with that. Mm. I don't think he... Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he could. What if it came down to Enkidu versus Juna? Oh, Oh, (laughs) David, you fucker. Not in like, I'm just saying, like, just hypothetical. Hypothetical, exactly. So, like, if something happened that Enkidu had, like, turned on Juna and had no control over it. Yeah, but then I don't think, you know, then it wouldn't be a situation of killing him, would it? Like it would be disarming him, it would be taking him down. Mm. Like, uh, you don't. Think I don't know go that how it would get to the point where where you know the decision was made to try and kill him. Mm-hmm. David, I can see in David's eyes at the moment <laughs> yeah. he's thinking, "How do I engineer this situation? <laughs> how do I make this happen? Yeah, how do, so I, how do I find out the answer in to this danger? question? Yeah. Just, that's not what I'm doing. It's put Orin there, about... and then like, oh, then he has to thinking about Lord Berrien and. Just the political landscape and nothing to do with what we're discussing now. For I was sure, just thinking about other things. Sure. Of course. Don't let him plot. Don't let him plot. Moving on. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, this is uh, still from Mike C. So following on from that. So, Ben, you're kind of saying like you, you'd be on the fence about mm. Orin trying to kill Enkidu. But have you considered trying to reprogram him? Oh, um, I mean, I think Orin... Would, would love to try and engineer something. This has also been Enkidu's asked by Tiamat as well, by the way, who's asked Ben on a scale of 1 to 100, how tempted is Orin to try and tinker <laughs> with Enkidu? Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a question that's being asked. Yeah, I mean, I think we know that Orin loves to, like, new toy. <laughs> Play with something. 
I think he's probably seriously tempted. The problem is now Enkidu doesn't sleep, so there's never been an opportunity. To, um, and I don't think Enkidu's going to let him. I mean, it would be interesting, actually, like if Enkidu gets to the point where like there is some programming causing an issue, whether he would be willing to let Orin <laughs> attempt. It's all a new AI. Yeah. Have a quick play. See what's going on. I mean, I think it'd be cute. Orin would love to know, like, how mechanical is he? How flesh is he? He said, I think he said he can bleed. He can seemingly, like, he's warm to the touch. I think he feels like human. So how mechanical is he? What mechanical stuff is in there? He can still, like, eat and stuff, can't he? Like, he can still do all those bodily functions. He doesn't need to, but he can. Does he have to charge? Do you have to plug him in sometimes? Is there he a has USB-C? to like do like a four-hour like kind of meditation, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Run through yeah. the binary, solar powered. <laughs> yeah, but he's wind powered. When he when he powers <laughs> down, like a little fan just comes out of the top of his head. <laughs> his wind be added. Winthrop. I think Orin is very tempted, but also is not likely to get to try. <laughs> I mean, you're. You don't have a dragon at the moment, so you could just turn him into your artificer turret. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's Swap his heads over. You've got an Erida yeah. head. That I could, could be the protection the head as a yeah. new dragon head. Like, um, and Kidu doesn't want it. He's made that very clear. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's orange to do with as he wishes. So that's definitely a possibility. <laughs> um, I, I think it would be fun to tinker. And I, I had another point. Oh, I've forgotten it. I could see it just some point, like, Enkidu goes into his, like, solar power moment and he wakes up without an arm. Uh, well, that's the thing. Actually, that was my point. Thank you, Sam. You've reminded me. Like, so if, like, he gets injured in the future, like, is he, is he going to need medical assistance or is he going to need maintenance? Ooh. Like, and also, like, if his leg comes off, can we just, like, attach it back on? I'm not I... saying we should try and remove the leg. Just, <laughs> just that if it happens... If it happens. I really want to... I'm really intrigued now. If you went and cut him, would you use the bees or the mending tape? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the flesh and blood thing makes me feel like the bees are going to work. <laughs> David is laughing. Yeah. What's David, David laughing is laughing at? away. <laughs> We've got into a theory hole. No. Karen, I love you. You... Oh. oh my goodness! Karen has shared some <laughs> incredible art. Oh my gosh, it's perfect! <laughs> oh my, that is so good. I love the little Gwendolyn in the bottom as well. That is so good. Yes. Oh, you beautiful, <laughs> Karen! You're amazing. <laughs> Oh, this is oh going to be God. great on oh, the Instagram. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That. We enjoyed the self-portrait down here as well. Yeah. <laughs> the facial expression is oh everything. Oh, my oh gosh. My Karen, oh, you smashed name. it. Well done. Oh. It's incredible. We have the best fans. <laughs> I'm sorry I said GCSE art. <laughs> Everyone, go and do GCC and art now, however old you are. That didn't really help me out. <laughs> what were we chatting about? Uh, I think we were chatting about the next question, if you fancy it. Uh, this one is for you, David, uh, and it's from me. Uh, so, 
Hi, Watch me read my own words as if I've never heard them before. It's always really rewarding to see the patron poll content turning up in the podcast mm. uh, and seeing how our choices affect the flow of the game. How do you go about choosing which bits could work as patron content and at which stage of the planning process do you make this choice? Oh, um, I don't know. What have we had so far? We've had um, the repercussions from the Vondell conspiracy, mm-hmm. as in what happened to Atrella, um, Oscan, and Jazana. Uh, we've had a vote on that as to like what happened to their characters next. We've had um, the name of a tavern that's going to appear. We've had um, Enkidu's armor or like uh, an item for the the player to to find, which which turned out to be Enkidu's armor. And we've just voted on the repercussions of the faceless footman as well. Mm, have so, we? like, what's happened? Have yeah, yeah, what, yeah it's what's good. happened to Rostal after after the faceless footman oh, and shoot. those events? I need to go have a look yeah. at that. Yeah. Um, deciding like what I really love the repercussion ones because it's like those are moments that like yeah I could decide what happens to these characters, but it's really nice to have like like a group opinion like like yeah. everybody can help build the world together um oh and the shambling mound as well yes of course uh the shambling mound and, the squirrels. and no the squirrels like mm. yeah the chipmunks mm, that's it. What, yeah, what are the creatures in the golden forest this yeah. is actually one thing that that i did wonder because was that like um was it you being like oh i can't really i'm not sure what monster to put in here i'll ask them or was it this would be a good time for like you know patron content i can just ask them about things in the woods and then you know it's it's a contribution from the patrons that i can then build around yeah um, a bit of both a bit of both hmm. yeah um so yeah for the shambling mound one for instance i was like i was considering what threats they might face in the forest i wanted to try and make it feel different from the lockholt wood um lockholt wood obviously had like loads of undead animals but like <laughs> it's like owl bears and deer and panthers um and squirrels so i was like okay well that's kind of like a little bit of a an ecosystemy type thing going on down there so let's offer up a whole bunch of different creatures for the golden forest and and see what people are more interested in in throwing at the party so yeah it's it's for like when deciding when to ask people um it's normally probably about a month before we have that recording date wow or just to give people time to like see it and vote on it and for me to build it into the plans. Yeah. Um, but for like the repercussion stuff, like that's been do- like, basically I'm trying to leave enough of a gap from the release of the episode. So there's enough people that have caught up that can then have a nice vote and sort of actually have heard the episodes <laughs> yeah. uh, rather than being like, Oh yeah. So here's faceless footman, faceless footman, faceless footman episode. And okay. What do, what do you want next? Like it gives people more chance to actually hear those episodes. Um, and then come and have a say in what they want to happen to to the communities uh, that are involved, like the background communities, basically that are involved in the in the scenarios. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing question? that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Sometimes um, I ramble, and I'm like, wait, have I made a point, or have I just? <laughs> I think you yeah. normally answer things in three or four different ways, uh, yes. and then at the end forget what you've said forget which is great <laughs> everything that has just fallen out like of my that's, mouth yeah that's very much our style as a group today isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the thing 
Yeah, the thing. What was the question? And there is no one answer to this question. We thought, oh, there'll be three of us. It'll be great. We'll like be able to handle things better. And we're just here, just like, uh, uh what's happening? I think you're doing wonderful. We made a podcast. Thanks, um, when did we do yeah. that? Did oh, we? My did holidays. We? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I think we have time for one more question, maybe two. Yeah, yeah, we can. You can ask both of these. Like, there's only two left. Okay. Might as well ask cool. them both. Uh, in which case, let's go back to Tiamat. Uh, so, Baby David, I oh, haven't forgotten you! Exclamation mark! I love that. Um, <laughs> uh, what inspired the Wingthrup story arc? Uh, as I get so many vibes in this arc from different sources. Yeah, there are a lot of like sci-fi vibes really in it so first of all i wanted to make uh the wingthrups and erida feel quite a different threat to kral uh, and the vondel they're kind of like that whole scenario um obviously both of them very powerful arc mages arch mages i like the idea of them being arc mages i like arc mage look at my big boat <laughs> <laughs> They just summon a boat. All the, all the magic comes in two by two. I mean, boats are like our arch nemesis on the podcast because we never know how to bloody describe them. Yeah. <laughs> downstairs in a boat. So right? Downstairs in the boat. Going down the downstairs. stairs. Downstairs. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, with Crow, bringing them out to the question. Sorry. We got Crow, a whole horse downstairs. <laughs> um, he was like a divination and necromancy wizard. That's like the two things that like kind of he largely dealt in so with uh in deciding what erida did um i decided it would be uh abjuration and then like technomancy like artificer basically there's not really like a, a school in that but i was like abjuration and tech um so a lot it's of also the... david's favorite type of music that he likes <laughs> yeah. yeah technomancy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah like that's where i started and then obviously like falling on the idea of like golems and things like that um that kind of like uh yeah mechanical threats uh that just naturally like leads into loads of inspiration from things like westworld um um ex machina is that what it's called uh yeah deus ex no. Not Deus Ex Machina. There's a film. Um, oh, the robot oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. With Alicia Vikander in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the robot one. <laughs> the robot one. It could be you know, any yeah. of those, Like iRobot, all of those kinds of like, um, here is a mass. It's got uh, Donald Gleason in it, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> that's the one. Donald yeah. Gleason. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Oscar Isaac? <laughs> yes. See, that's how good my description was. <laughs> the robot one. That, that worked. <laughs> Um, so yeah, all of those kinds of films, like, I love those kinds of, like, again, they're very, like, Isaac Asimov type, um, questions about, like, how far should technology go, mm. um, and are, what are the rules and the guidelines and stuff, like, in amongst the tech itself. Uh, so that's kind of, like, yeah, where the inspirations came from, as well as trying to tie it all into the overarching storyline that is going on. Yeah, because there was kind of a, um, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey vibe going on you know uh erida hal kind of very yeah 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 of just always being watched uh yeah sorry enkidu i can't let you do that mm. <gasps> well it's it's very um have you guys seen irobot with will smith yes yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's very much like so spoilers for that film that's like <laughs> 12 years old yeah. 20 years old who knows oh it's um, old <laughs> it's old like he goes in part of his investigation he goes to an old mansion that like the supercomputer that's controlling all of the other robots also has eyes on and i was like that's that's the thing isn't it is mm. that like this supercomputer can see you no matter where you are mm. but yeah trying to translate that into like a magical sense has ended up in this like weird steampunky-esque like vision of of our world which is fun it does feel like it's really like taken us more in that steampunk direction with the world mm, like yeah. had you intended for that not really <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i feel like uh, again like i've got an idea of what like the other two uh, names on the map if you'd gone to those like yeah this whole steampunk type golem situation you wouldn't have learned about until you- later um so each of them is basically bringing something a different flavor to the whole world mm. and this just happens to be the steampunk corner <laughs> yeah the, the golem tech corner i love it i love it yeah i'm thinking of enkidu as like you know sunny from irobot now yeah. Just giving me feels. Yeah. I suppose, but also like, I, I suppose, because obviously we've got an artificer on the party and also Gwendolyn comes from like an artist of from a, a family. Yeah, exactly. So mm. it, yeah. It's naturally just kind of it's come out from everybody's happen, character choices and yeah, yeah, storylines yeah. and stuff. But yeah, we, we've talked about this on Superfans as well, about how cool it is to see like that different world of magic within a world of magic, you know, within this like, mm-hmm. you know, the fantasy world. You've also got this area that's completely controlled by mechanized magic um yeah so cool it so is. good it's very cool. uh it's a lovely sandbox to play in mm. yeah <laughs> just controlled by an evil supercomputer that's the only issue that's yeah. no way to talk yeah. about david <laughs> <laughs> it's true though it's so true <laughs> fair fair yeah, yeah, uh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> i would be interested in hearing from tiamat though maybe you can check on the de- um discord which particular vibes that he got from this Ooh, like yeah. whether they are mm. things that you've seen or yeah, haven't seen recognized and have maybe mm. subconsciously any other robot films because <laughs> uh, like we all take inspiration from things that we've seen because like we don't live in a fancy world funny enough um or maybe some people do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's not our go-to, so we do take it from, from sources that we've read or seen and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, for you, Tiamat, what, what, does, what kind of vibes are you getting out of this? Uh, and we'll, we'll... We'll chat about it on we'll, the Discord. We'll put it somewhere. Or everybody yeah. just come to the Discord yeah. so you can find out the conclusion of this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> and speaking of concluding questions, uh, let's get on with this one for Grace and Ben. Uh, it's another one from me. Uh, yeah. Just to round out the show, rounding out the last arc, there was a really tender moment uh, with you guys and Myra, um, and a, a, a mixed bag of reactions to Dwayne Fabulosa uh, on his arrival. Um, and you could really hear the emotional connection that you have with these NPCs. So, do you have any techniques that you use to fully invest in your characters to this extent? Um, and at what point? Did you realize that you had genuinely connected with this world? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking. Lots in that. Yeah. It is. I mean, good stuff. I think... Tell me about your actor training. <laughs> <laughs> so just go to Drama Studio London for one year. And... <laughs> and that's it. You can play D&D. <laughs> um, I would say the moment that like I, Grace, had realized that I like genuinely connected with the world is probably the moment that most listeners connected with it all and that's yep. going to be you know what i'm going to say episode eight episode four 
into the woods. <laughs> Killing yeah. those de- zombie deer. Yeah. That was it. It was episode eight, obviously. And like, mm. it, I think that's the moment that all of us kind of realised just what a hold on us these characters in this world had. Like, mm. either whether our characters were lost in that moment or whether they were having to deal with the grief of the fallout of everything. Like it was like, Oh, we are invested. I mean, I'm, did that surprise you? Um, I think, Hmm. I think it surprised me how soon into the recording that happened actually, because we definitely put a lot of work into our characters and a lot of thought into our backstory. So we were making characters that we were about to fall in love with basically or certainly i was trying to you know i wanted to make a character that was fucking cool and i was ready to play and you know be excited to play about play about play with uh, play about ooh, our movements. Uh, we've told you our movements don't work on the podcast i'm telling everyone else to do what the hell am i doing tonight I'm being these ridiculous. are the techniques that help grace invest uh, but yeah i think i think the the uh, we we knew we were going to be connected to them. I think it was to the extent and how deeply we were going to feel for these characters. I think maybe was the mm. surprise for me personally. I mean, I don't want to talk for everyone else, but I just did. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to, but I will. I mean, I did, but I didn't. I mean, you know, every I could be completely wrong from everyone else's experience. I mean, uh, Ben, is she yeah. speaking for you here? Yeah. <laughs> definitely is yeah i think i think it's fair to say yeah episode eight like when i was thinking about the answer to this yeah definitely episode eight was the moment that solidified like it was that realization like when something is taken away you realize just how much you care about it yeah so Mm. when juna and and guy were taken away it made me realize yeah made us all realize i think how much we cared about them in terms of like getting to invest in them like as you said grace that we spent so much time individually thinking about backstories and also like the process of working with baby david on coming up with the backstories together so it was linked into the world and like linked into the story that was going to kind of unfold like unknowingly on our paths but you know was such a good process and also actually just thinking about it like working on the art with sophia Mm. was a really good process as well because Mm. it really made you think exactly about what the character look like what were they wearing what are they carrying all the little details that otherwise you might just be like oh i don't know they're in leather armor and they got boots uh yeah and they got some hair or something i don't know (laughs) what they don't um it just it forced so much sort of thought about that right at the start of the process that by the time i think we came to the early episodes you already you had kind of a whole load of ideas a bit of understanding of the world from the chats with david and you're just coming into this sort of slightly fleshed out thing. I mean, still in episodes like one, and I don't know if you feel the same in two, Grace, like I was still like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> what, what Especially episode this? one, because I wasn't in it. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Very, you were very yeah. quiet oh, in that episode. So quiet. The big <laughs> secret is that, yeah, Grace and Chris were actually there. They were just running around being like, what are we doing? I'm on a horse. <laughs> Grace is just waving her arms around. <laughs> so, uh... How does one podcast? <laughs> <laughs> getting into character yeah they just hadn't, hadn't hit record that was the issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's two hours of unrecording oh, now we got to do a whole other episode oh, just no. for you two <laughs> I guess we'll just pretend they're in denture or something I don't know um, in terms of the Myra moment like 
because that was part of your question as well i think well so, yeah it? it was it was kind of to because you know you've invested in your own characters and kind of keeping each other alive but what was really clear with these two instances for me yeah. uh and even um uh things that happened within the uh the wing threat facility as well and your reaction to certain characters there there's an emotional investment now with the npcs yeah um which before was kind of like oh i like this npc if it was jenny or something like that whereas now there's there's <laughs> I feel like that same thing would happen if if something terrible happened to either Myra or or Ferrisine, I think it's now come to that point where it would affect you guys emotionally, not oh, necessarily absolutely. as actors but oh, as, yeah. as players. Um, I mean, just look at us with Bessie for a start. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, that's another oh. one. I never think about the horses. <laughs> I was pretty cut up about Thaddeus as well. Um, <laughs> and the goats. We try not to think um, about Thaddeus and the goats as well. It's too much. And the goats, the poor goats. I think the thing with, like, with, like, it's it's different, I think, with Dwayne and, like, Myra. Like, Dwayne, the thing was, we, we like, Dwayne was this wonderful thing that we'd heard so much about Dwayne. And we knew we had such an emotional connection to Dwayne through <laughs> Gwen. Because it wasn't just, like... Oh, it is this character. Oh, okay, we'll meet them more. Like we all came into meeting Dwayne with so much opinion already <laughs> on what yeah. we were going to think of this guy, opinion of what he was going to be like. Um, and then, of course, the incredible Jeremy Cobb oh, turns up. Jeremy and Cobb plays in everyone. As well. Just a moment for Jeremy Cobb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appreciate oh, his yeah. glory. Hear yeah. the rapturous I can, just, I can hear the the little teeth going. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you, you you had all of that like tied in with Dwayne, and I think it's slightly different with Myra. Like Myra, also we just had like Myra was in a lot of episodes, and mm. she had a whole arc of her own as well. And and we've been emotionally manipulated, as David's explained tonight, to like <laughs> care about this character um, from the start. <laughs> um, and also, I think like from a personal point of view, from Orin, like I feel like Orin went through a big arc with Myra yeah. from. Mm. Like, initially, from a brief second of like, oh, this is going to be so exciting. I think I mentioned this before. Like, oh, another artificer. This is going to be brilliant. To immediately then be like, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, <I hate> you. <laughs> Make this stop. <laughs> Make her go away. Oh, my goodness. To then... Oh, I love Myra so much. Coming full circle, like, the moment... I mean, the bit where Myra slash David ingeniously gets Orin... To one side so that Orin has to be yeah, the one that was mm. fantastic because I didn't oh, I honestly God. didn't know whether Orin was gonna whether it was gonna be a we'll, we'll just go next door I thought yeah that might be the way that it went but it does like you say it shows his his evolution yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like by the end you know he clearly really really as you say like they all really care for Myra and Ferrisine by by the end of it and as you say they would be deeply cut up i think if anything happened to them um yeah, yeah. oh and so would you yeah. guys i hope they're gonna be okay yeah that was a tough moment actually when because i hadn't planned necessarily for it to be myra and orin yeah but like they just happened to have separated themselves off whilst everyone yeah. else is going to explain to Verisine. um so i was like well myra that's the one thing that myra wants to know yeah mm. um so she'd ask the question um, and then I had the realization that I was very invested in Myra because I had a little cry. Mm. And I, and then I was like, no, Dave, don't, you gotta hold it in because you've got to flip over to be Ferrisine in a moment <laughs> 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 and have that whole conversation. 
Um, but it does. It just makes it for a very like tender moment between, like 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 Ben was saying, between these two characters that really didn't like hit it off well at all. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a dangerous game, by the way, David, because you're investing in characters that you kind of want to die and kill and <laughs> maim in horrible ways. You're not going to want to do it anymore. It's just going to be the most happy-go-lucky no, like, podcast. That's it. Myra has plot, uh, plot armor. That's it. <laughs> yeah, she better. She better have plot armor. Yeah. Erida actually just wants to fill the world with flowers. So, you know, it's oh, fine yeah. with Enkidu being yeah. a part of Erida. That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Erida's fine. The, the hug at the end. Mm. Was that oh. just like in the moment, David? Yeah. Or was that? Yeah, yeah. Again, I was like, hug. who is it that she wants to hug? And it, it was like, it's Orin. Oh my God. And now you guys have some proper allies as well, which I love. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really nice resolution for that arc. But the um, thing, that's the thing. Like, I think, like, sorry, you were just about to wrap it up beautifully, Sam, and I've just busted in. <laughs> no, you carry <laughs> like, on. You the, carry on. Um, that I still like. Me, Ben, and also Orin, I think, but also a lot me, Ben. Still, like, th- I sp- spend a lot of time thinking about, like, back to the Vondells as well, and, like, what's going on with Jazana and Oscan? Like, mm. what's happening with them? And at some point, I think Orin is going to have <laughs> check to... Check out the Patreon poll. Yeah, you should well, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think life. I've seen the results slightly deliberately on that. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, yeah, what's but, happening yeah. with all of them? Like, what's happening in the Lockhart Woods? What's happening in Tillersham? What's... What's going on in Rostall? All these <sighs> loose ends that yeah. you're just going to have to tie up. Yeah, there'll be answers. Eventually. Be. Dun, dun, Got dun. other places to go. Other places yeah. to be. Yeah, and uh, on that exciting note, uh, can't wait to see what's coming next. Um, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, uh, whether you're a patron or a new listener or whoever you are. Thank you so much for joining in. We all really appreciate it. Um, we all love these guys. Uh, and please think about, if you haven't already, like and subscribe to them, look them up, um, uh, leave them a review on iTunes, uh, basically help them get the word out there um, and bring more people to the podcast uh, so they can join our little family. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. In three, two, one. And on and on and on. And on. It's been so long since I said that. Oh no, yeah. I almost forgot the words. <laughs> yeah. What do we say? Hello, fellow Wingthrops. Ben here again, popping back to say a big thank you to Grace, David, and of course, Superfan Sam for once again keeping us on our conversational toes. Thank you as well to everyone who sent in their questions on social media and Discord. Oh, and speaking of Discord, It's a great place to keep the No Small Roles discussion going. If you're new to Discord, all you need to do is click the link in our show notes and you will be guided through the next steps to join our little community. Huge thanks to all the superfans from Patreon who joined us live and to the wonderful Karen for creating her hilarious drawing of Enkidu's new armour. Do keep an eye on our social media where we'll post Karen's art along with links where you can find more of her awesome creations. While you're there, you can also find some new fan art by Gabby as well, who has immortalised Juna and Orin's time-travelling adventures from episode 7. And check out Gabby's Instagram profile too, where you can see the drawing come together from work in progress right through to the detailed finished piece. I'm sure you all know where to find us by now. We're at No Small Rolls on Instagram and Twitter, 
Or you can find us on Facebook by searching for No Small Roles. Next in our schedule, we'll be taking a little break from Lake Trevane as we head to the Towering Library of Candlekeep for a mini-campaign DM'd by our very own Daryl Bailey. We'll be discovering the curious tales of Wisteria Vale as we dive into the story written by Kiana Shaw from the recent Candlekeep Mysteries book. There are a whole new cast of characters to meet, played by Grace, Vicky, myself and David. Yes, that's right, our regular DM is finally stepping out from behind the screen. Oh, and you'll get to discover all the characters next week when our Candlekeep character creation episode is released on Sunday the 3rd of October. There will then be weekly releases of the adventure throughout October, starting on Sunday the 10th. And if you just can't wait, the good news is you don't have to. We've already released the character creation chat as early access on our Patreon. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash no small roles to find out how you can listen right now. There's so much other No Small Roles bonus content to discover there too, including a chance to help shape our next adventures in our latest Patreon poll. There's David's new homebrew, the barbarian subclass, the path of volatile thought, behind-the-scenes insights, No Small Talks, original music, there's just so much on there. Uh, But anyway, I'm off to look over my notes on Oxbow Lakes. So, and on for now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.